Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 322 of the Drunk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler. I'm pretty tired right at the moment, but at the same time, I'm equally excited about all the gaming news that's just been dropping upon us, and this week is already starting to become too, uh, <laughs> it's already starting to become like a freaking waterfall It's just never-ending. Don't go chasing them, though. <laughs> bad times. There you go. Sorry, had to, had to get our one TLC reference in for the podcast. Got it done early. Yeah, doing, we did. Doing good on time. <laughs> nice time with the 20-year-old reference. Ooh, anyway. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> oh, boy. We're dumb. We're dumb people. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I don't know. I mean, that's that's good. I'm oh, not good that you're tired, but I am definitely on the hype train right now for E3. Um, just, I can't quit looking at, like, IGN, GameSpot, and... Reading all the fucking rumors and leaks and everything like that, going like on one hand you, you like you can't wait, but on the other hand you don't want to know. Uh, like we're just <laughs> so uh, it's funny after after being like super inconsistent the last couple months with our recordings. This is our second time recording in three days, so um, I know right. Yeah, we're doing pretty good, uh, and then we're gonna be recording like seven freaking shows next week. So for E three, so all right, there you go. Yep, it's that time of year, people. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm with though. I'm a little tired. Uh, I mentioned on our last show that uh, Courtney started working night shifts, so I've been trying to like balance out my sleeping schedule to like still be able to hang out there when she gets off work for for an hour or two. And right. uh, so I've been like taking like cat naps after work. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I I, I got I got mentioned before we really get to the meat and potatoes of the show. Um, I've never been so ashamed of. Oh, here comes Bill Trennan flying over the head right now. Yep, there he is. Uh, oh, there he is. He's getting closer. He's still here. And he's gone. Um, nope, he's right there. Uh, <laughs> nope, he's there still. So. I think he's just hovering over the, the, the apartment now. Um, I've never been so ashamed to record a podcast with the Gables. Um, and it's no fault of your own. Um, so I got off work early today. Uh, I'm start, it's Thursday night, by the way. Um, and uh, I let uh, Courtney take the, uh, the new car to work. Um, and... I didn't think about it. You know, we're recording tonight. I didn't think about it, whatever. Just like, all right, you know, it's it, with the drunk dash runs, obligated to at least drink a beer or two uh, while recording. So uh, I went to go grab a beer uh, just about half an hour ago when we hopped on the Skype Skype call. And I had a had a couple of Blonde Fatels in there. And I'm going to drink a couple of these. These things are delicious. I love them. Um, couldn't find a, um, you know, a bottle opener. Huh? I'm like, shit, where, where the hell is a bottle opener at? We forgot we own one bottle opener in this entire freaking house. And it's on my key, my keychain. So <laughs> I am drinking uh, a delicious, that's sarcasm, Bud Light right now. Um, uh, so this is this is where this is how desperate I've gotten right now. Uh, hopefully, Courtney doesn't hear this and realize I drink some of her Bud Lights. Um, I'm already ashamed enough that that I, I date a girl that drinks Bud Lights. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't mention that because she's going to hear this, and I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. I should probably edit this out. I'm not going to. But because to me it's really funny uh, when I'm right, when I'm gonna, I'm gonna laugh at this when I go to edit this tomorrow. Um, but when she hears it, it's not gonna be funny. Uh, oh, what you should do though is just add a little bit of that uh, that clamato, you know, inside of it. <laughs> oh, those are the worst, dude. Um, oh God, and there's like those a little bit of clam juice, a little bit of tomato <sighs> inside that Bud Light. Here you go. Oh, it's fucking awful. Here you go, baby. Here's your drink. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that, that's what I'm drinking right now. I got a weird uh, sp- uh, spoon taste in my mouth right, right now. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what Bud Light tastes like. That, you know, that and pee. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's alcohol, so it's, it's something. Um, but yeah, no, it, you know, we just we just did a show a few few days ago, so not a lot changing other than just we're getting closer and closer to E3. Um, we were talking about our schedule for how we're going to do the recordings. Um, so we'll just start. Usually we do them, um, you know, the the night of, like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, this year we're going to do a little differently. We're just going to record. A, we're going to do them. We're going to release them on. We're going to record Monday and Tuesday night and just cram because we usually just do uh, instead of just doing you know one or two a night. We're just going to do probably three or four a night and then just knock them out and release them. Then uh, just make it easier for us. And then right. we'll be back later in the week with our best and worst of E three. Um, like uh like we always do we always end up the always in the e3 week with our our favorite and least favorite moments of e3 so um just a heads up on that so expect uh monday and tuesday to be crammed with a with a bunch of podcasts because we'll, we'll release them each each press conference will have their own individual um po- episode unless like there's been a few times where ea has been like there's been just nothing worth talking about and we just combine it in with another with another press conference um yep. so unless one of them just has nothing to talk about we'll uh um, we'll combine them in. So, and we'll we'll play like there's a couple smaller ones like we're talking about developer digital and kind of funny has theirs as well. Um, maybe they'll get their own shows. Maybe we'll combine them in with something. Maybe there's just nothing to talk about with them. Um, I do want to mention actually speaking of developer digital, um, they they announced a release date for that game. Uh, oh, fuck, what's it called? My best friend Pedro or uh-huh. what the fuck is that game? You know what I'm talking about with the banana? Yep. Um, that game looks badass. It looks like a side school or Deadpool game. Uh, with a banana, um, but I, they announced it last year. E three, it's a Switch exclusive. I think it's Switch and PC exclusive, and nice. it looks like I, I, I keep buying Devolver digital games because they always look really cool. They have an awesome style, and I play them for like an, like an hour, and I don't like them. Like it, <laughs> I did that last year with Garage. I bought that Ape out um, just a couple months ago, and like they're they're cool and they have some style with them, and they're like they're different, and uh, I, I I just burn out on them. But this I don't know. I'm I'm just hopeful that like. Because they do some cool shit, and I just want to support them. Um, but I had I had a bunch of um, eShop points or uh, bucks from just my Best Buy bucks I get. I just bought a bunch yep. of eShop dollars with that. So I went ahead and pre-ordered that game. It comes out June 20th. I'm excited for that one. Uh, so I'm hoping I hope I'm liking this one. But uh, yeah, anyways, that's uh, what's going on with me. So let's uh, we got a decent amount. You know, we just recorded on Monday night, but uh, we have a lot of we still have a lot of news to talk about. So let's jump into the news oh, real yeah. quick. Not real quick. It's going to be a minute, but. Um, I think we'll start, we'll go with what happened first here. Um, a couple of big ones and a few smaller ones, but, uh, the first one that happened, this one happened yesterday as a recording, we had the Pokemon Shield and Sword Direct, uh, that, uh, that happened, um, it's like, what, 15 minutes long, 16 minutes long? Um, it was roughly and, around that, yes. Yeah, so, I'm thinking, I'm gonna let you kind of handle, like, the, 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 the main news of it, uh, cause you're obviously right. the, the Pokemon guy, so go ahead and take this stuff away. All right, so inside of this Pokemon Direct that they had yesterday, it was roughly around 15 minutes and it covered over a couple of different topics. One, it was the introduction of a slew of new characters, at least a uh, at least seven new Pokemon in regards to the Direct in and of itself. Three of them were immediately like showcased from the get-go after the introduction and stuff. He had, like, a flower. He had, like, a, a snapping turtle. And the other one, I think, was, like, some sort of, like, uh, 
Oh my gosh, there was like this big old like raven sort of as like Pokemon and stuff called like Corin, like Corviknight or something. That thing, like that, that, that thing is really sort of like cool. Sorry, crazy. sorry to interrupt. That thing is really cool. And also the Wolo, the sheep thing. Oh yeah, Wooly that thing has taken like over that. Twitter and Woo-hoo. and I, yeah, Wolo. <laughs> I want that thing in real life. I just want to point that Dude. out. Dude, I love that there's like another sheep Pokemon and stuff in regards to so like with Mareep, the electric sheep. Oh yeah. But this, the this electric sheep here. Wait, is Electric Sheep the the um the sequel to Electric Boogaloo? I gotta I gotta <laughs> I gotta know. Oh uh, Go yeah. Sorry. Mareep's distant cousin, you know. Wooloo. <laughs> Wooloo. Part two. <laughs> the electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, upon this. Upon this direct, we also learned more about a new feature that's being added to Sword and Shield that's called Dynamaxing, which in and of itself Dynamax. sounds... Inc- Sorry. <laughs> I know, it sounds incredibly like uh, weird and stuff, but it was also incredibly funny when, during parts of the footage, you see a, both like a gigantic Raichu and a gigantic Gyarados just fighting, like, just mano a mano, pretty much. Mon, mono, e-mono. <laughs> but... Uh, no, nah, the first time I saw that it was like initially kind of remind me of like a kaiju battle, like between two giant oh, monsters. Yes, like, it is, dude. That's immediately what I thought. First thing, how did, that, it, it was, how did it I take twenty five years to get to? The, how did it take twenty five years to get the kaiju big battles and fucking Pokemon? <laughs> so basically, what Dynamaxing is is when you're inside of like gym battles, you can actually have this little ability or something where you can, uh, I. From what I saw, it looks like you can choose any one of your Pokemon that's going to go through and use this thing called, like, the Dynamax sort of setting. You select that option, and then it lasts for around three turns, and you're able to battle against, like, the gym leader and stuff. And basically, timing is everything, kind of similar to past gimmicks from past Pokemon games, like, say, the Mega Evolutions, or even, like, the Z-moves. But there were also a little bit more things that were showcased there was showcasing of like an open world style of aesthetic as shown by a lot of the distinct vistas a lot of the different like pokemon that were wandering around the terrain it's that moment where i just got that sense of deja vu because of one other game that we've played both tyler and i and that's breath of the wild Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically this feels like from the opening world standpoint in my personal opinion, like a Breath of the Wild, but inside of the vein of Pokemon, where lots of longtime fans have had this clamoring thing for years just to kind of had what similar RPGs have had, like an open world sort of aesthetic where you're searching around inside grassy fields, inside of like lakes, inside of like big old rural like uh, towns and cities and stuff to where you want to check out specific Pokemon live in the wild. Other than that, there was also a couple of... There was, like, maybe a couple other things that was showcased, that was talked about, but towards the end of the presentation, we were also introduced to two legendary Pokemon, the cover Pokemon. You have basically two wolves. One holds a sword, and the other one has, like, a shield built into its mane. For the life of me, I cannot say their names because I do not remember them, but all I can remember is both of them start with a Z. <laughs> I want to say, like, Zacion and stuff, and, like, Zamamatsu or something like that. I don't know. I don't but, remember. Uh, but, uh, basically, they're both legendary Pokemon that are of the cover of the game, and among all that, 
That also leads me to the last thing that they showcased was the actual release date being November 15th. Mm -hmm. And there's an option to buy both in a dual pack, which I'm excited about because I could potentially do that. <laughs> I, I want to mention real quick on that, Gables. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um, it's uh, if you if you do if you if you want to go digital, it's actually it'd be smarter to do buy them separately. You can do that Nintendo voucher thing for 100 bucks yeah. and get them both that way. So save 20 dollars. Or um, at Best Buy, you get a ten dollar voucher for um, like ten dollars in Best Buy rewards. Um, yeah. So if you buy the the dual pack, you only get one ten dollar thing. But if you buy them separately, you get two ten dollar things. Oh my so, god! Um, if you <laughs> the real value is actually buying if you if you want to go that route, the real value is buying them separately because there's really because they're the same price. It's one hundred twenty bucks. Um, uh, either way, whether you buy them separately or the the dual pack. So if you uh, if you if you want to like find a, a value like that that's um you know i'm just saying that's a that's a way to go if you want to well yeah definitely and that's definitely a way i could go and stuff i know for me personally traditionally i love owning my pokemon games in the physical form and so like a dual pack with two separate cases and two separate games even if it's like the same price as it is digital with like some rebates I generally tend to go forth that way, <laughs> yeah. but that's just me being a hardcore fan. But uh, I'm kind of curious. What did you think about this whole direct, Tyler? Um, so I've been like I, I'm always like I always jump into the Pokemon games. Like I've, I've talked about multiple times. Talked about a few days ago about how um, you know with like X and Y I jumped in, fell fell in love with Pokemon again, then played the Ruby and Sapphire, burnt out on it ten hours. Same thing with Sun and Moon. Let's go. I, I didn't even touch the Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, the Let's Go games fell in love with them, but uh, had right. obviously had the issues with the with the the, the control with the you know with the the, the motion control mechanics. Um, I gotta say though, like I really 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 like this. Like it definitely like I don't know if like I, I'm probably gonna play it when it comes out. I, I mean I'm, I'm not. I mean I can say right now like I, I say it all the time. Like I'm not even gonna fucking bother playing this game. And then when it comes out, I'm like oh okay, I'll get, I guess I'll go ahead and get it. Um, that, you know that's just how I am. Um, but I, I came away really liking, um, what they, what they showed off. Like, am I going to, is the same thing going to happen again with me where I burn out in 10, 12 hours? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I like, like I said, I like what they showed with the, I don't really give a damn about the Dynamax stuff. I, I love the Mega Evolution stuff. I wish they would have kept that. I know that's like their thing. They bring a thing in every, uh, generation and take it away. Um, but that was my favorite thing they've done since I really jumped back into Pokemon. Uh, I like that they brought him back with Let's Go, and I wish I had kept him in there. Yeah. Um, there's certain things that bug me about this where they don't have like the Pokemon following you around. Like I, that, it's it's a small things like that, and I like that. Um, I did like the fact that you can still see the Pokemon. It looks like you can still see the Pokemon in the in the map though. Um, oh yeah. So I like they're keeping that feature. Uh, the raid battle stuff that sounds kind of cool, where you can like you and like up to the three other people can uh, uh, go and fight a Dynamax. Uh, Pokemon and catch them at the end. Right. Um, the wild area seems really cool. That definitely like that got that Breath of the Wild field when they showed it off and looking at it. Um, so there's like, but there's been like talk is like, is this like a Safari Zone type of thing, or is this like the world? In, is this like this is replacing the routes? Like you know, is this hmm. like because they haven't really explained whether or not this is like is a wild area like sections of the map, or is this like one big area in like uh, like the Safari Zone where you go to and you like you walk around the area and it's just like a fenced off area, or is this the game? Um, cause if that's the case, if it's, if that's the game, that's awesome. Like replacing the routes, like it, it's, it's a small, it seems like a small thing, but I think it's a, a big, um, 
it could be a big change, you know, in the, in the franchise where like the routes have always been there. Like that's the one thing that like, that's one of the things they've never touched is like, that's always been how you point, you get to point A, point B is the route, the route system. Um, so, and at uh, some points it's been kind of generally kind of, uh, boring that way too. I mean, there are some Pokemon games that have like the route stuff that distinctly what you can do and stuff, but it's always kind of like the same thing where you go upon a specific route, you encounter certain groups of Pokemon or some, and you face off against certain bits of trainers and stuff. Whereas I was given the impression while watching this, this uh, Pokemon direct that it's basically all this wild area between towns that kind of replace sort of like the route linearity of aesthetics and more or less kind of like a broader, more open type of tranquil kind of like uh, area to where you're free to explore certain aspects of this and that. And from what it looks like, considering what I've seen for the actual full-on map in terms of the whole Galar region and of itself, this looks freaking gigantic. Yeah. I mean, the whole map and all the things is supposed to be a representation of Great Britain. Hmm. And okay. I gotta say, man, it's like a lot of the... Excuse me. <laughs> Had a burp up a dinner. <laughs> a lot of the aesthetics that I've seen kind of supports what this kind of thing is going to be about, you know? And I kind of feel like it makes sense from a technical standpoint and from, like, a aesthetic standpoint. They're going to have larger type explorable areas and this and that and stuff. So it's definitely... I definitely was left with that type of impression where it's going to be a little bit more than just the standard routes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just... I really like come away from this. I like some of the new Pokemon they showed off, like... Uh, like there's, there's like an electric type corgi Pokemon, which corgis are my favorite type of a breed of dog. So oh, yeah. that, I'm getting that right fucking way. Um, so I, I, can we just talk real fast about the, the, the I don't, like we said, you don't remember the, we don't remember the legendary type uh, Pokemon names, but Sword's the way to go, right? Sword, yeah, definitely for me it's Sword with, uh, I think it's like Zacian or something yeah. like that is it's called. Because he has a sword in his mouth, which everybody keeps talking about the giant uh, dog, the wolf in... Dark Souls one or two that has like there's that big boss fight where it has it's a giant oh, yeah. wolf, the, but I I whenever when, as soon as I saw it, I thought of Tales of Asperia. Yeah, actually, that's what I kind of <laughs> thought of a little bit as well. Now that you mention yeah. it, with a freaking like uh... Lloyd's <laughs> Lloyd's dog from Tales of Asperia with his with that the oh, sword you mean, in his mouth. Uh, wait, it's not Lloyd. It's uh, is, is Lloyd? No, Lloyd is Siphonia. No, it's Yuri Lowell. Yeah, that's, Yuri. Yeah, that's, Troy Baker. Yeah, with his uh, yeah, with his uh, freaking dog repeat yes with the freaking that's yeah i got the i got the game but i have not fucking finished it i i bought that game like four <laughs> times i remember i remember what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about though man dude i started the game like four times and i, I got like 20 hours into it and i never finished second it time with me and i barely like got a couple hours into it and i got the fucking re like uh oh, the remaster the remaster this year oh, man it's so good um oh i know but um yeah, I don't know. I, I like I said, I really liked it. I, I came with a lot of things came with came away with. I liked a lot. The only downside is it, is the release date for me because uh, it's like the oh. week the week before like November's already packed for for me. It's like well, there's only three games so far I want that, that we know of. Um, but this, November eighth we have Death Stranding. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, and then November fifteenth now we have Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield and the new Star Wars game, which Doom. Uh, uh, Death Stranding and the Star Wars game are like my three most anticipated games for the rest of the year, and two of them will come out in, the, in the, a week week apart. So, uh, yeah, watch Doom come out the same month. Oh, watch watch Doom come out like fucking November eighth or something with Death Stranding. 
I don't even want to figure out how I'm going to. I don't even want to. That's a conversation. Oh, I'm giving myself anxiety oh, just thinking man. about it. <laughs> I'm freaking You're out giving already. Giving me anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> I have anxiety over a hypothetical situation right now. Over over two video games coming out the same day. Holy shit! Um, I'm gonna see you in the middle of the store or something, have both game copies or something in your hand. You're like kind of like a Peter Griffin or something like that, trying to choose between two series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I used my uh, my Best Buy bucks I got for this month. Um, and I've already pre-ordered Death Stranding, so that's happening. Doom, I, awesome. I probably get. Oh man, it's so stupid we're having this conversation. Right now. I'll play Doom first, just because it's shorter, probably. But goddamn, yeah. it's Kojima. Fuck, man. God, no, we got <laughs> back on track. Back on track. God. Uh, I'm like, honey, I love you, but November you have to go. You have to like live with your parents for the month or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> daddy's got to play games. <laughs> it's the only way I can keep up. Um, oh my god. Well, anyway. Yeah, moving on. Over. Moving on, though, I kind of felt that the uh, direct, that Pokemon Direct was definitely the type of step in the right direction that has utterly convinced me this is going to be a good comparable game yeah. to play through. Because not only do we got a lot of refreshing elements to it, including like certain gimmicky features and rumors of there being like another feature that's going to kind of, from what it sounds like, sort of replace what little bit of like Mega Evolution stuff was yeah um apparently so kind of a uh, interesting side note that came out this thing this happened last year too yep uh there was a reddit post that came out like two days before last um last year's nintendo e3 yep and it leaked everything and it was a hundred percent accurate and it literally had yep. everything down to a t announcing like re- like leaked games that weren't even never no one even heard of it revealed games right. by the studios so this happened again just two weeks yep. two weeks ago a, a reddit post came out and it got like no traction whatsoever and everything i mean i understand why they probably don't get traction because there's so many that come out like there's probably a thousand that come out every week of like nintendo direct stuff that for a direct assignment announced yet but uh, anyways this is all the stuff that came out of this uh direct a lot of it was like showed off in this direct but uh that from this this reddit post but there's a lot of it that's that still wasn't so um sword and shield's enemy team will be called team yell so that i guess it'll be like the team rocket there will be an evil legendary Pokemon called Internatus, Eternal Eternatus, whatever. Um, in addition to Dino Maxing, there will also be a similar Gigantamaxing, which will change Pokemon's appearance in addition to growing its size. Uh, three examples were given: uh, Meowth. Excuse me. Oh God, Bud Light burps are the worst. Um, oh. <laughs> Oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's worse than garlic burps. Um, our, uh, so three examples given are Meowth looking like Longcat, uh, Lapras getting... Le- <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Meowth looking like Longcat. <laughs> Longcat. Uh, okay. Uh, Lapras getting... <laughs> so stupid once you say it out loud. <laughs> uh, Lapras getting layers like musical bars to its shell and musical notes. And Pikachu looking like a retro fat Pikachu. Which, hey, I'm all for that. Um... Regional just evolution. Pikachu just letting go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Meowth that looks like a long cat. We got a musically inclined Lapras, and we just have Pikachu just had one too many bits of the poppins yeah. that looks like it's got his lid. Yeah. So go. It's like with like Ryan Reynolds still played Pikachu after twenty years. He just kind of you know got away, you know got away with himself. Um, uh, regional evolutions will be a thing with Farfetch turning into uh, Surfetch. Meowth looking like a ball of spiky gray fur. Poor Meowth, man. Goes from he's a long cat, and then you now he's a spiky gray f- fur. So he's just getting fucked over in this one. Uh, it's unclear if that literally means evolutions or if it's actually refers to like regional variants, like Eloa, Elola, Eloa, whatever. Um, Elola. Th- that one. Uh, 
Chipmunk, chipmunk Pokemon potentially named Skuv... Oh, fuck off, man. Really? Look, it's stupid. We pick something normal. Skuvovit. reading off Pokemon names. This is the worst. Skuvovit and Greedunt will hide in berry trees, attacking players if they shake them too many times, which will cause you to lose half your berries um, if that, that happens. Um, to challenge a gym leader, you need to get endorsements. Uh, that's, that's not explained. Uh, which will let then let you take on gym challenges uh, that needs to be completed before fighting them. Three gym challenges are that are described so far, including one where you have to herd Wolu uh, while avoiding a new electric corgi Pokemon called Pamper. Okay. Which, um, so it sounds kind of like what they did with like Sun and Moon, where it's just like challenges and stuff too. Uh, one where you yeah, it kind of sounds like it. So it sounds like they're taking the gym leader stuff along with that ex, uh, with the Sun and Moon. Uh, when, one where you navigate a maze with water blocking your your path, and one where you have to catch Pokemon and get you get and get five points while in a team battle with another trainer who's also trying to catch them at the same time. Um, in the while in the wild area, you will randomly see near, nearby players and interact with them to get their league cards and items. Um, camping will be a mechanic, and and is where you play with Pokemon. It will also let you make curry to raise stats and use toys to raise friendship. So a little bit of a twist on what they've they've done before. Uh, Grookey's final evolution is a giant gorilla that used a wood drum to attack. Uh, Sobel's evolution um, evolutions are called Sizzle, uh, and then at Inteleon, and will have a spy theme to them. Uh, Score Bunny will have a uh, fighting moves, but is a pure fighter. There could be a typo in there. It reads as if it meant to say, but is pure fire, or but isn't pure fighter fighter. So I don't know. Uh, second evolution is Raboot, and its final evolution looks like a humanoid fighter. Uh, a blue seagull Pokemon was described that it will get either a Barracuda or a Pikachu in its mouth when it dies, which is which and then throws it at the enemy. Um, so pretty much, uh, um, that's just the stuff that wasn't uh, talked about in in the direct. But everything that was talked about in the direct, they had said as well. So it sounds like this is very accurate. Maybe we'll get. I can see us getting another direct probably closer to re- uh, launch. Our release um, for this for this game with oh, more yeah. details, like they did Let's Go last year, or maybe we'll get the rest of it at the direct with uh, E3. But I doubt. Well, I th- I think they'll touch it, touch on it a little bit at the direct um, for E3. But I don't I don't see them doing. We're it. not going to get anything too substantial probably until no. around a couple months away from now. You know, maybe even like maybe even like uh, another month because Nintendo likes to not only go through before E3. They also like to do a little bit like a month or two after E3 as well and showcase a little bit more information in regards to specific games and this and that. Yeah. So, honestly, we're probably going to see something close to around September. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can see that. Maybe, yeah, September, October, will just before, before launch, create some more hype. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely looks cool. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm definitely more interested now after that, and I'll just kind of wait and see what they have to say on that. Uh, but I don't. I, I like I said. I think they'll spend maybe a minute on it at the at E3 next week, and that's it. All right. So moving on to uh, some more news with uh, some bit more big news that happened just today. Uh, so Google Stadia had their press conference today, uh, revealing a bunch of stuff. Uh, so there's a lot uh, to talk about here. Um, so I just pulled up an article. I'm just going to pick from IGN. I'm going to kind of pick and choose some of the stuff they talk about. But uh, first off, they said it's coming out. It's not not a release date yet, but the rumor. I think they. There was a leak that came out from a Canadian website um, that had a bunch of prices and everything, but it was um, the, the prices ended up being correct for Canada, but it was wrong for what you know what for everybody else got. Um, just obviously, right. more things cost more money in Canada, but the, there's there were uh, things said November fourteenth, 
Um, and right now, it's just Google's only said it's coming out in November this year. Um, so that's that's the uh, that's all we know for the release window. It's November. Um, I'm just gonna go through and go over all the stats or not stats, but all the news they gave us. Um, I'm just gonna read verbatim what the article says. Some of this. Um, Stadia will be available in November. The only way that launch to access the cloud-based service will be a, via the Founders Edition. Google will reveal more details in the future about how players can access Stadia in 2020 before the beyond the Founder Edition. So basically, what that is is there's a Founder Edition that's coming out in November. You can pre-order it now if you want to. Uh, it comes with an exclusive uh, controller that's like um, I think it's like a what's it called it's like Night Blue or something like that. And right, uh, it's 130 bucks. It comes with the uh, with the controller. Uh, which is seventy bucks by itself if you want to buy one. Comes with uh, the Google um, or Google the Chromecast Ultra, which is which you need that right now if you want to play it on your TV. That's seventy bucks as well, and it comes with three months of the 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 Pro subscription, uh, the Stadia Pro subscription, which you need. It's a like Game Pass essentially, um, where it's kind of it's gonna be like Game Pass where you can like it's gonna have a bunch of games on it all ready to play, but then uh, you can uh, you can buy the like the new games that come out you can still buy them on there. Um, so all those will be on there. Um, so and then also you get a you get a three month pass for it's for your buddy. So uh, so it's it's not a bad deal. It's like so it's like the like a, probably a two hundred dollar value you're getting for one hundred and thirty bucks. Um, you can like I said you can pre order now. It's coming out in fourteen countries right away. Uh, and then in twenty twenty they're going to release a, 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 the base the Stadia base edition which will be free. Um, but if you want, if you want to play in 4k 60 frames per second, you have to have the pro, the, the, the pro model, which is $10 a month. Um, but if you have the, the free edition that comes out in 2020 sometime, you can play, still get play games in 1080p. So, uh, if you really want that 4k, uh, that's what you have to do, uh, to get it. Um, at, at launch, it'll be, you can play it in like a Chrome, a Google Chrome browser on your desktop, uh, on TVs. Like I said, you have to have the Chromecast ultra, you can play it on ta- certain tablets and then you can play it on your on, on Google phones. So there's only there's like the Pixel Three and Pixel Three A to play it on. Um, let me scroll through here. Already went over that. Uh, so like I said, that the it's going to cost ten dollars a month to have the the pro the pro subscription. Um, so the, the pro subscription, like I said, be 40, 40, um, 4 K six frames per second HDR, five point one surround sound uh, capabilities. Uh, the free one's going to have the ten eighty p with sixty frames still. Um, and they're gonna have, they're gonna give away free games every month as well. That's something they, they didn't talk about in the actual uh, Connect, but they the Google Connect, but they announced later on. A lot of details came out later on. Uh, some of the stuff that also comes with uh, with the if you buy this if you have the Pro uh, subscription, you get Destiny Two for free, which includes the base game, all of the previously released add-ons, so all of the DLC they've done, and then also will come with a new expansion that they announced they, re- they re- leaked a few days ago, but it was officially revealed um, during this Connect. Um, where it's the new expansion, I believe it's called Shadowfall. Um, so that's going to be it's coming. It's coming out in September, but it'll be free if you get, if you buy this Founders Edition. Um, and also, they announced that revealed that you will be able to do cross saves now, um, cross progression, cross saves with your Destiny Two um, uh, game with your saves uh, across all consoles and across PC, PlayStation, Xbox, uh, and Google Stadia now. So that's a cool thing. So if you've been playing on PS4 forever, Xbox. And you you get you start you can now play it on Google Stadia. Um, some other stuff like I said the the Google the Google Stadia base that's free. Um, uh, you can you, you can you you don't get any of the free games. You don't get like the subscription based games, uh, but you can still buy games on there and keep them. Uh, you can't. There's no offline play. You can't download the games. There's nothing to download it onto. Um, 
So you, you have to have it online at all times to play the games on there. Uh, they said that they recommend, the very least they recommend is 10 megabytes per second to play, play to play games. If you want to play like with 1080, I believe 25 or 20 was for 1080. The the max is 35 megabytes per second, and that will get you the 4K with six frames per second. Um, so they, I believe they said you can go down to five, but 10 is the minimum they, minimum they recommend. Uh, they said there's going to be 31 games at launch, uh, but they said that they have um, like over 40 developers um, on that are on on with them already working on games or already announced games. Like Capcom has a, a game they're going to announce here soon. Apparently, that's going to be on Google Stadia at launch. Uh, here's a list of the games that have been revealed so far. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Uh, um, Bethesda is doing Doom, Doom Eternal. Doom 2016. Rage 2. Elder Scrolls Online. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, Destiny 2 like we talked about. Um, there's a game called Get Packed that they showed off there. Um, it looks like it's like a top-down game. like a looks like a, kind of like a fun party game. Um, Grid's coming. Metro Exodus is coming. Thumper's coming. EA said, is in partnership with them, but nothing's been revealed. Farming, Farming Simulator 19. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 was revealed at this press conference and will be there, but it's going to be, it's not exclusive to Stadia, it'll also be on PC. Uh, they, they just real quick, they announced no exclusive games. Everything that's coming is either already on something or is going to be on this at launch. Uh, Power Rangers, Battle for the Grid, Rockstar is going to be working with them. Uh, Football Manager is coming, Samurai Showdown, Final Fantasy 15, all three of the new Tomb Raider games are the, the, since the launch. The new NBA 2K games will, will be on there. Uh, Borderlands 3, um, Guilt, which is from Tequila Works, um, that'll be the new game uh, that's coming on there. That game actually looked really cool. It's like a scary. It looks like a pretty cool scary game. Mortal Kombat 11, uh, new the new Darksiders Genesis will be available. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Just Dance, Ghost Recon Breakpoint that they showed off there. Division 2, Trials Rising, The Crew 2 will also be available. Assassin's Creed Odyssey um, obviously will be there. That was the game they tested last year for everybody to play. Um, so that's the you and you also you don't have to use a Google Stadia controller. They recommend it. Um, but you don't have to. And there's going to be three different colors at launch. Um, one thing that came out after the fact that they didn't mention um, at all is that someone they, they said that um, to if you played it to, to get a ter- to, if you played in 4K 60 frames per second, um, it would take um, 65 hours of gameplay would would get you it would use one terabyte of of like of, of data for um, for internet. So. A lot of people like I have a I have a data cap that I don't get anywhere near. I get a I get uh, two thousand uh, or no four thousand. Um, I don't know what is it. No, I get, no, I get a thousand. I'm sorry. I get I get one terabyte a month um, of this. So basically, if you they someone break down, if you played for three hours a day without using the internet for using your internet for anything else, you would hit the data cap. So um, this it, it, this is obviously like uh, I think a really cool. It's really interesting what this what the future of gaming will be. I think this will be the future of gaming eventually. Um, who's to say this is too soon? Maybe kind of like what the what was the thing we had like fifteen years ago that came, or ten years that came out that was like this that bombed and no one bought like because it didn't work very well. Um, Ouya. No, not the Ouya. Ouya was that was something else. I think was it Ouya? I think it was Ouya. Maybe well, maybe right. But there was yeah, it came out and just um, yeah, just it, it was a, it was a cool idea, but it was just, it was ten years. It was maybe fifteen years ahead of its time. Um, I don't know. I mean, Gables, you, you, you watched this too. What, what did you? What was your takeaway from this? What the hell is the point of this? That's what I basically got for this entire press conference. Because there are a couple of things that I readily noticed here. It's like, one, there isn't any type of exclusive things tied into this Google Arcadia. 
A lot of the stuff is games you already would find on other consoles on other services. Another thing is, why the hell would I want to pay $10 a month for this Game Pass stuff? Well, I could have been... <laughs> I could at least possibly go to a competitor stuff, say like the Xbox Live, like the Game Pass and stuff, pay for that, and quintessentially not only get a lot of the games that there are... A lot of the games that uh, old game-wise they have on Stadia... I could play that on my PC as well, or I could play it on my like an, on an Xbox One or this or that. What I'm just saying is, there's more options that I have instead of inherently going through and streaming through Google Stadia. Another thing is, another thing is that it's kind of ticking me off and stuff. And you just went through a bunch of the data capping stuff. Yeah, here's the thing though: a lot of us common people, we go through and we use the internet across a lot of different things other than just playing video games and one of the reasonings why we have things like pcs we have game consoles and stuff is trying to take away from a lot of that type of data kind of cap or bandwidth sort of thing that is prevalent in sort of like uh simulate you know situations like this you know where we could play it like on a lower setting that we have already interpreted based on our hardware and stuff and we wouldn't get too much you know, too much data use is like out of streaming certain things here and there. But, uh, honestly, when it comes to the whole like data streaming, I just don't see this as like readily ethical for a lot of people. Because if you're going to be taking up like one terabyte through like so many hours or something just by playing through an expansive like game, just one expansive game, and you're already at least reaching your cap at that point. I don't see really the use of it. I think this is type of the console reveal. It's not even any kind of console. What am I talking about? What I'm saying is this is the type of service where I don't feel like it's ready yet. I like a lot of the concept of what it's trying to provide, making things easier in terms of use for a lot of other people. But at the same point, they're trying to aim for a market that's already flooded with a bunch of different options that do things better. For example... You have things like Steam, you have things like, say, this, like, Xbox Live and the PlayStation Store and the eShop, too, that have a bunch of the games well, that will be receiving a bunch of the games that they mention on their Stadia things. You can play them on that service without any type of, like, excess, you know, without having to pay for a Google, like, the Google freaking, like, a plug-in or anything like that. It just seems like kind of a waste in my personal opinion. Because why would I want to go through and invest what Google is offering in terms of their subscription process and in terms of what they're and essentially doing? Well, I can just go through on my PlayStation and play the same games that they just announced or on my Switch and play like a little bit of Baldur's Gate, which is confirmed a lot of those Baldur's Gate games are coming to Switch as well. So in the end, it just basically asks leads me to the question of what does this product aim for who is it aimed for is it aimed towards hardcore like gamers and stuff that have been around is it aiming towards more of like say a casual audience that has some interest in gaming it's just doesn't really i don't really feel like it has a clear-cut direction and it does not have a lot of the formula currently to make it readily a success because this is just a streaming-only type of thing with the possibility of, like, buying certain games that become available on it. I mean, that doesn't make any other 
anything different than other like uh, online serv like online stores where you basically are doing the same thing, buying licenses and having them downloaded on your computer or on your system of choice. The only difference is it's just you don't have a lot of the excess tech and it's just streaming through like Google's like hardware and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um I feel like they didn't do anything to like, like they didn't like kill themselves anyway. They don't like look like no. They didn't. They don't look like it doesn't look bad. It looks like they have a plan in place. They got a yeah. But it didn't do anything to like wow me. Like anything that sold me. Like it's something like I talked about. Like we talked about a little bit on Monday uh, when or the last show we did, and it's just like I like I, I'm curious what they what this what they do here because you got to prove a lot. Like like you, like you were talking about like why would I. Do something. Why would I buy this? Like, you know, I have like I have a good internet connection. I can do the 4K, no problem. Because uh, I think I get I think I get 100 megabytes per second, and I almost always have no worse than like it usually it never dips below like 80 when I look at the speeds. Um, so I can do that. But why would I do that when the games are going to cost the same amount on there when I can? Yep. But and but I need to be online to play these games, and if maybe the, say the power goes out or something like that i can't you know i mean obviously i can't play the games but i look at my switch if i bought the games on my switch like well, there's been a few times where power's gone out i i the switch was a lifesaver for me you know um yep. or like if just it's just say there's the internet like the internet goes out i i have my i can still play all my games on my ps4 or my xbox one or my switch right um it and like who knows like 10 you know the minimum with 10 megabytes per second that's great that like because i think there's a lot of places i mean majority of the places that are this going to cover, like the big cities, stuff like that. People have that as an option to get. Um, and the price differences for for internet, it's usually like that's like the base thing. It seems like you can get is ten, if that the, the lowest. So it feels like I mean we're definitely we're still ways away from this being a viable option for everybody. Um, but for a good chunk of the United States and a good chunk of the world, even um, it, it's a it's a it's, it's something you you have the, you have the capability of doing this, but. I mean, we don't know the free games are going to be like. Are, are those, all those games at launch? Are these going to be part of that process? Which games are going to be free? Which are these not going to be free? Like, how much are these games going right, to cost? Right. Like, what am I going to pay full full price for these games when I have to be online? Like, it just there's so many like things that like have to be in place for this thing to work that it makes me uncomfortable. I'm not quite ready quite ready for it yet. Um, and it's just things that could you know that might not even be like some they they can't control internet going out on our end or whatever. But nope. just. Too many variables that make me uncomfortable to jump there yet. Will I, will I check it out when the free version comes out? For sure, I'll, be, I'll check it out. Um, I'm not going to buy the controller right away. I'm, I'm, I'll use my. You can use the Xbox One or PS4 One, um, or I think you can possibly even use the, the Switch One if you want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it basically just looks like it ripped off the 360 controller too. Um, yeah, but, which is, I mean, it's fine because it's the best controller. I, I still think. Um, but I don't know. It, it just it didn't do anything to like sell me on this. Uh, I, I don't think it's a complete failure. It's Google. They're going to put money behind this thing. They're, if anybody can jump into the, the gaming market right now and have a real chance of succeeding, it's Amazon, it's Google. And I mean, Amazon, for all we know, all intents and purposes, that sounds like they're not too far behind. Uh, and that's been the thing we've been talking about for a couple of years now, about what the hell, what's going on with them. And, and Apple is the other one too. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I watched it and I'm like, oh, okay, this it's impressive what they have, like no doubt. But I... I I, I just can't like foresee someone like being all, all in on this thing right away. Like wh- what? Like I mean, like obviously, like you, oh cool. If you have a Google phone, which I don't know how people have Google phones, which I don't, I don't know very many. Um, like 
I can like that. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. That's like a lot of people buy games like that. The Switch is like the new, like their main thing for gaming because uh-huh. they can take it anywhere they go, which I understand. Well, yeah. completely. If you travel a lot, having that on 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 you is, is awesome, and having be able to play these games on your phone anywhere, everywhere, if you have that capability, is awesome. Um, but I I, I, don't know, I I can't see myself want to play Assassin's Creed, um, Odyssey, or whatever Doom Eternal on my my tiny ass screen. I have I like. I have the iPhone, the the, the big I can't what the iPhone XL, what the hell the big one's called. Um, I have that, and I would not want to play a triple A AAA big hundred million dollar budget game on that thing with a controller. Oh man, I'll tell you what, man, it's like that sounds like a tremendous amount of battery drain. Just oh going yeah, through and try to play something on that. Yeah, I didn't even think of that either. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So, like, I, I we're poo pooing it right now. I think I mean, this thing could be like, could be wildly successful. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that like bitched about the the switch for like two months after the thing was announced, and it's obviously one of the most successful consoles, uh, right? Possibly right. this generation. So, I mean, maybe this thing right, takes right, off. Right. I don't know, but I feel like at the same time, a lot of the a lot of like the negative stuff that we have about this whole Google Stadia stuff is kind of justified in and of itself because there are a lot of unknown variables going along, and there's also a lot of ease of use stuff that is. Highly questionable in regards also to the amount of content that it's going to be presentable at their launch. Nine ninety nine a month for like description of what they're offering at this point in time, along with like the internet and the cap issues and stuff like that, just does not make sense inside of a gaming landscape, a gaming economy that we got going on currently inside the gaming industry, where it's like we can go through. And go on to services like the PlayStation Store or on Xbox Live, like, uh, and just basically buy initial content that we want, or even get like Game Pass or something on the Xbox One or PlayStation Now through the PlayStation Store and stuff, and just basically have content kind of similar to what Stadia is offering and stuff, only a little bit more recognizable through some first-party brands and stuff. Because, well, here's the thing: that's one of the that's one of the other things that Google. Stadia is lacking, and that's quality first uh, party content mm-hmm. on their service that actually would entice people to go forth and say, "Oh, hey, this is a new game that is exclusive to our platform. Hey, let's go forth and let's have this right at launch." You know, there's nothing like that. This is totally different, as opposed to say like what Sony or what Nintendo or what Microsoft would be if they're introducing a new console, a new product. You got to have one or two big games. At least that's going to convince people to buy your product. And Google Stadia has none of that besides promises upon this being ease of use decently, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. They don't have that killer app at launch. You know, that was something we talked about on uh, the last show where, like, what's the, what's like, they need to, I think, you you need to have, like, something maybe it's smart not to leave something at launch maybe because the system who knows like even though it's google this thing could be broken and buggy um or after right, bat right. latency issues all that fun jazz so maybe but reveal something show something um that you like you something you have in your back pocket like it's not right. coming out at launch but this is coming exclusively to stadia in december or january or something and there's nothing there. Maybe maybe they hope the price point in the east to get in there, and that's the biggest thing they got going for them is how cheap it is. Like, literally, you just gotta if if you don't have, um, 
I mean, for for ten dollars you can get in right now. You can get uh, get in. Um, oh, and I guess not off the bat. You have to buy the fucking founders pack. But eventually you can, you know, for uh, in who knows six months or so, you'll be able to get in for ten bucks and try it out. And w- when that happens, will I jump in? Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, how many people have the the, the, Google, the Chromecast Ultra? I don't know. Probably not many. I think people that <laughs> not a lot. That, I, I think a good chunk of people that bought a TV in the last couple of years have probably bought a smart TV. So it's kind of made like the Chromecast obsolete. Um, yep. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think this thing. I don't want to say. That, I don't think this thing is doomed to fail. I, I, I could see it failing. Google is not um, immune to releasing things and it fails. I mean, look at fucking. Yeah, no company's immune from that. No, and I mean they've had their very public. You know, like the Google Plus was a fucking bomb. Uh, I mean, no one who the hell used that thing. Um, I remember when we first started the show. Uh, like that was a thing. We, like we started the show around the same time the thing came out, and we even created like a, I think we created a drunk nerds page on there, and yeah, we, <laughs> we never used it again. By the way, we hardly ever used it. Yeah. By the way, a fun fact: last week was our six year anniversary. Forgot to mention that. So yeah, happy anniversary to us. Yes, it was. So yeah, <laughs> um, crazy thing that we're still here. Um, six years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I we'll wait and see, but I, I hope it works. I hope it's, I mean more competition is better. Uh, we haven't had a new, like, mm-hmm. a real competition in gaming since the Xbox joined in in, like, 2001. And it really took, yep. I mean, it took them, I mean, they weren't really much of a threat until, I mean, they were they were kind of, they, they did really well with Halo and shit, but they weren't a serious threat until the 360 came out. Yeah, so it was a combination of a couple things that made the Xbox more or less coming into its own. One was the Xbox 360 actually going through and, like, having killer app after killer app, like, at the first couple years of its console life on top of my sony totally dropping the ball and stuff or trying to release a console for like six hundred dollars yeah yeah <laughs> it took it took ps or sony like shooting themselves in the foot and the 360 you know doing they did a good job so anyways i, I don't know i mean we'll wait and see but uh I, i'm not impressed off the bat but moving on to our next topic because we're going fairly long here uh we haven't got to what we've playing yet but watchdogs uh legion uh, has been leaked out and it's pretty much all but confirmed. Ubisoft is like the worst at keeping secrets. I swear. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure like everybody knows what the games are. That like what where the game takes place or what the game's oh, called yeah. before they even create the goddamn game. Like, freaking like three games that they freaking like. Was yeah. that Rolling Chamber? We know Rolling no. Thunder. Uh, there was like some I can't remember what it's called. That was that was that was leaked last month. Um, and now Watchdogs Legions. Um, right. But uh, UK, Amazon UK, so it wasn't uh, good news. Walmart Canada didn't ruin uh, E3 this year. Uh, but Amazon UK did leak. Um, they posted it on their website, but took it down quickly. Um, um, the, 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 what the game was called. Uh, then Ubisoft uh, on their Watch Dogs like, Twitter account put a thing on there, like a teaser, like a 10-second teaser thing, where it just showed the logo of the Watch Dogs saying coming at E3. So just a pretty it leaked and then they that was their, their follow-up to it like but they didn't say what it was called or anything like that um so it's set in london uh post brexit so it's in a rough time um so it's gonna be fairly they're they're with watchdogs are never they don't shy away from like political stuff usually even though they say that they don't get political they never shy away from it um but uh the description of the game that was on when it was on there was play as anyone every individual you meet in the open world has a full set of animations voiceover character traits and visuals that are generated guided by gameplay systems uh then jason schreier came out and he said that uh, he can confirm all this all of this uh he said that in his article he posted about it i've heard the same um and also that you'll see different 
things at different points in the game, depending on which NPC you're playing as. In fact, from what I've heard, the system is so ambitious that it's been causing the developers a lot of headaches and may, it may have led to at least one delay. Uh, more next uh, more next week at E3. So this game's going to be real at E3. The rumor is it's going to come out early next year. I was hoping it was going to be like a, a November game or like a fall game, but um sounds like it's coming. If it's early next year, then that's perfectly fine by me. Yeah, but we don't know what the hell's coming early next year, though. I mean, you know how the first quarter... The first quarter's always crazy, though, still. This first quarter. Well, if rumor has it, there's probably going to be a couple of great games that are going to be early going. Yeah, true that, true that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you you played the first Watch Dogs, didn't you? No, actually, I'd never actually played the Watch Dogs games. Okay. Um, so, but I've talked about a lot. Like, I, I thought Watch Dogs yep. 1 was... Uh, it was much like Assassin's Creed. Uh, Watch Dogs 1 was it, was... it was it had all these cool ideas in place, just didn't, it didn't do a good job of bringing them all together. But you can see like, it had all the stuff there. Um, and it was just kind of serious and everything like that. And then Watch Dogs 2 came out, got everything together, was fun and over the top. Uh, fucking blast. Love that game. And so I've been really excited for Watch Dogs 3 for a while now. Um, and I figured it was coming out this year. It's, you know, It seems like the new thing is we get two years in a row of Assassin's Creed and the third year we get um, Watch Dogs. But it sounds like with this new system, it's causing delay, so it's not coming out until next year. But um, – right. I, I just, I don't, it's, like they said, it seems very ambitious. It seems like, in theory, just like like the first Watch Dogs, in theory, it sounds awesome. sounds really cool um, with being able to jump in between characters whenever you want, any NPC at any time. I, I, but oh, yeah, I, the GCA 5 effect. Yeah, but, I mean, like, we were talking about, like, hundreds of different characters with different, like, the story's going to change based off of who you play as and what you do. Oh, and, that sounds really convoluted. Yeah, and, I, like, it, it sounds cool in theory, but then when you start thinking about it, like, how is this going to work? I mean, is it really going to be as different um, as they say it's going to be? I don't know. I just, you know what it's going to end up being? It's probably going to be a bunch of, like, pre-generated characters with, like, maybe, like, four or five different type of, like, uh, branching story arcs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm i hoping it's more the GTA thing, like, where it's just maybe you're just, like, a few different characters. Um, but I, it's not, I mean, the way they're describing this, and I hope it's I hope some of this is not true, um, that, you, you know, you could be anybody at any point. Um, but this is like, I was so pumped for a Watch Dogs 3. Um, and everything I've heard about this, uh, just has completely turned me off from this game. Um, it just, like, like they said, it's, it's super ambitious. It's causing headaches. It's what led to a delay. I, I mean, the game hasn't been revealed yet. Maybe hopefully coming out of E3, it will wow all of us and people will come away saying all kinds of great hopefully. things about it. But just on paper, looking at this, reading about it and hearing about it, Man, this sucks. I'm not looking forward to the Watch Dogs anymore. Um, and I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I want to be wrong. Uh, but, yeah, this... What a fucking bummer uh, for me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, you haven't played a Watch Dogs games, but are you like, are you any more interested in playing a Watch Dogs game based off of this? I've been interested in, like, uh, potentially possibly playing Watch Dogs 2, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm waiting to see what Watch Dogs 3 really has in store because I want to see quintessentially where this franchise is going to be going to but uh, i've had some interest that's never really dabbled into uh the pool of the franchise yeah so i don't know not like i said not, not a whole lot to go on but yeah whatever anyways moving on um we can cover this one's really quick uh uncharted the uncharted movie is finally got a release date uh december 2020 tom holland who is playing spider-man now uh he's going to be playing a nathan drake uh, he's gonna play a young Nathan Drake, um, and it's, yeah, like I said, it's coming in December 2020. Uh, sounds like it's finally happening. Gables, this game is or this movie has been 
talked about for over a decade now. Um, <laughs> two things. One, are you looking forward to it? Two, do you believe it's actually going to happen? Let's see. I am looking forward to seeing how they portray Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. And two, I do believe that uh, inside of a world where there's been a Detective Pikachu movie and there's been like a freaking Sonic movie that's going to try to release sometime. Yeah, I do believe this is actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I think this is actually it. I really do. Um, I, I do have hope, especially after. I mean, Detective Pikachu didn't like blow me away, but it was it was it was an enjoyable movie. Um, it was good. It was probably one of the best video game movies that we've probably ever. Oh gotten. yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely surpassed Mortal Kombat um, uh, as the greatest video game movie of all time. Uh, but oh, I love Tom Holland as Spider Man. I uh, hope he's really good. It's it's weird because it's like you like uh, Nathan Drake in the in the games is like uh, probably in his mid to late thirties in the first game and. Uh, I think Tom Holland is like at literally like I don't even think he's legally allowed to drink in the United States yet. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe I mean, he might be he's early twenties at the at the oldest I think. Um, so, but I don't know. I'm hopeful. Mm. I'm, I really am. I especially uh, the Nathan Fillion short movie they made last year was incredible because uh, Nathan Fillion was born to play Nathan Drake. Uh, oh no shit! Unfortunately, he's about 100 pounds too heavy for that role. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> if they had Firefly Nathan Fillion, it'd be it'd be fantastic. But um. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I think this is, I think it's going to happen, and uh, I love Tom Holland as Spider Man. So he's he's he's. I think he's got the uh, ability to pull off uh, Nathan Drake. I think it doesn't matter. And they have the the director of Ten Cloverfield Lane as a, um, directing this movie. So and I love that movie. So it's a different type of movie. It's a suspense horror movie, but um, I like I like Ten Ten Cloverfield Lane. I love that movie. So I'm hopeful. And then. Um, last but not least, real, real fast, Destiny 2 go, is going free-to-play in September. Uh, it's going to be called Destiny uh, 2 uh, New Light. Uh, it's going to have all of the base. It's going to have the base game and all the DLC. So pretty much it's going to have everything, um, but uh, at, for free coming in September. It's going to launch for free officially, um, but except for the only thing. I thought, oh, Shadowkeep is the name of the new DLC. I said Shadowfall before, but Shadowkeep is what it's called. Um, everything's going to be free-to-play except for the Shadowkeep you have to buy separately. Um, so obviously they separated from Activision earlier this year or end of last year. I'm sorry. Um, and now this, and this is something that's been rumored for a while now, but it officially was announced today as a recording. Um, I feel like this is something they had to do. Um, they, they, and with Activision, like they're basically giving that game away, uh, pretty much most of last year. Like I remember yep. Best Buy had a deal where you bought a game for three, for Xbox one or PS4 that you got a free copy of destiny Two. And yep. they gave Destiny, they literally gave Destiny 2 away last September um, yeah, they did. for PS Plus. So um, this just makes sense, I think. I, I think it's a, it's a smart move. There's going to they're, they're have a, you, you can, they still have all the cosmetic shit you can buy um, and the dances and all that fun jazz if you want to. Um, but this feels like the smart move to do, especially if you want to add a little more boom to it when Shadow Keep comes out in September. What about you? I think this is a fantastic move there by Bungie. Making the thing free to play makes sense from a traditional standpoint, as a lot of people, especially a lot of people that have already moved on a little bit from Destiny 2, gives them more of an enticing thing to not only jump back in, but when the Shadow Keep stuff comes out in September and stuff, you're already going to have things like, say, Forsaken and stuff like that that's going to be readily available. So there you go, plus the other DLC stuff previously. So honestly, it's. 
with this announcement from today, just being Destiny 2 being free to play and a lot of the content is going to be free besides like the Shadowkeep stuff, it's making me more excited to actually jump back in and play Destiny 2 because you don't have a lot of uh, Activision's influence like that was preventing this game to actually start flourishing and it's starting to feel like to me from a little bit of the adjustments that Bungie has made and also separating itself from Activision has progressively made it seem a lot more appealing to actually jump back in and play this game because it feels like more so a game more or less starting to become more structured towards the fans that have enjoyed this game and stuck through it more so than as like a corporate shilling of microtransactioning like every single little thing to get them enticed more so to buy <laughs> into their product, you know? Yeah, it, this is really cool, too, because, I mean, like, I love Destiny 2. It was one of my 10 favorite games of last year. Um, or, not last year, 2017. 17? Yeah, 17. And yeah, uh, 17 was, like, one of the greatest years in gaming of all time. But, uh, anyways, uh, th- that was it's a great game in itself. Uh, and, and all the DLC on top of it, which I've heard the DLC is it's whatever, but I think it's it's whatever because you've had to pay extra for it. I think if it's being morphed into well, the game, yeah. uh, if it being morphed into it, just playing playing it with the content with it, um, I think it'll be it's, it's perfectly fine, fits in well with the game. So I mean, you have a solid thirty hours of great game to play in there, and then all you gotta do if you oh, want to yeah. buy the cosmetic stuff, you can. Uh, there's some other stuff that you're gonna you can buy as well. Uh, I know, of, but I don't know the game well enough to like the the deep. I don't right. know deepest of the game. Understand what the hell that shit means. But and then Shadowkeep right. is gonna be something you can pay for extra, so it, it it's cool. I think it's really cool what they're doing here, uh, and that right. game you and can play. Go ahead. And basically, there's like one more thing to add on to that too, where they actually confirmed it that uh, a lot of your save data and stuff's going to be transferable yep. through like multiple different things from PS4 to PC to Xbox One and stuff. That is fantastic. Yeah, I love that. That makes things a lot more easier in terms of like accessibility, and I like that. Uh, yeah, so it's that's really cool, uh, and I, like I said, I think it's a smart play to do to kind of give it a nice little injection uh, into the keep Destiny two relevant <clears throat> at this point. And Google Stadia helped having Shadow Keep come out is going to help too. Yep. Uh, so moving on, that's actually the last topic we have for news. Uh, I know we just we just talked about what we've been playing a couple of days ago. Um, just kind of follow up. I played some more Rage two. Haven't played as much as I like to. I played a few more hours, so I'm like three and a half hours or so in now. Um, I'm only done the first. I'm only done a couple missions. Um, still, like basically in the tutorial stage of it, because uh, I've been like driving around doing some like taking you know taking over some like the points and stuff like that. Uh, but I gotta say, I really, I really love the gameplay parts of it. It feels really good. It's fast paced. Love it. Um, not loving the uh, the driving mechanics of it so much. That is the one downfall I think so far. Maybe it gets better because like as you soup up the. Uh, I just killed a gnat on my screen and now it's smeared all over my screen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's driving me freaking nuts. Damn it, Tyler. Just like Rage 2. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm not loving the driving stuff. I, I like you can like you can like there's like combat. You can like fight. There's like random people fighting on the side of the road, and you can shoot them with your with your vehicle. I like I just get out and fight. It's just better. Um, it, it, one thing that does suck is like they drop like they drop items when you kill enemies, and like you just like it. You just like suck them up like you do in any other game. It's just like you absorb them basically, and you have them. Well, when you're driving around, you don't do that. So you have to physically after you kill a bunch of enemies. If you kill them in the vehicle, you have to get out of the vehicle and go pick everything up, which is really annoying. So it's like right. it's kind of like the thing. It's like Borderlands one to two. Like Borderlands one, that was the same issue. Borderlands two, you, you automatically after you kill enemies, it would just you automatically pick up like ammo or 
any special items. You don't have to get out of the vehicle to get them. Um, and it's something that was an issue 10 years ago, and for some reason it's an issue in this game. Um, huh. But it's uh, weird. Yeah, and there's like you can do like you can like race people and stuff like that, but it's just it's not very fun. I, I don't know. I, I I'm not I'm not I don't know. Anyways, it, it's fine. I, I'm I'm still enjoying the, the actual combat of it. Uh, I just don't like this. The, like when I'm when I'm playing the actual game, I like it a lot. It's the in between stuff I'm not liking that much. The traveling part that I'm not liking. Uh, but it's a big open world, so you kind of have like driving is like your best option. Really, the only option. If the game's built to, for the driving parts. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm only a few hours in. Maybe it gets better when I soup up and get it better. Uh, you can get different vehicles and soup them up, stuff like that. So maybe it'll get better. But uh, that's that's my early impression so far. What about you, Gables? Well, let's see. For what I had been playing over the past couple of days, I managed to finish up and completely, thoroughly beat Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Nice. And honestly, I feel like this is maybe one of my favorite NES games that I've ever played hmm. because it has so many different, it has so many different ways you can go through and play. Basically, it's got multiple different branching paths that you can take multiple different characters that were are very fun to play as and it's like and uh basically the music is fantastic a lot of the gameplay is solid it's fluid <sighs> boy level design is pretty creative too and it can be downright difficult i got at least more comfortable with myself playing through subsequently this <laughs> this game it kind of surprised me that uh, I finished up my playthrough last night with uh, towing Grant and Nasty, the pirate and stuff, that loves to hang on to walls and, like, crawl around and, like, just basically throw knives and stuff like that. Basically just went through the rest of that playthrough. I had, like, only, like, two or three levels left with uh, that playthrough. And then I started with the last character, with Sypha Belnades, the magician, pretty much, the vampire killer hmm. and stuff with that, so, like, a magician stuff i got her in tow and stuff and she used little things like flame attacks and like ice ball attacks and stuff and so i went with her path considering it's like the easiest and that's the last path i haven't like taken yet because i went from like hard to medium and then now i got to like the easy sort of thing and uh it surprised me how quick i got through that game for my uh, last time because this is like subsequently the fourth playthrough of the game in its entirety so i got very familiar with a lot of the levels and a lot of the enemy placements and this and that and i'll tell you what this is a game where when you start off playing it it can be pretty hard but after about a couple of playthroughs of the game in its entirety you start to really have fun with it you like to try to experiment and see what exactly what'll do what'll happen so for Saifa, I didn't really use her very much, only except for a couple of boss battles. The whole boss battle thing with uh, with uh, these two coffins, right? And then you have like one that has like the mummy, the couple of mummies that reveal themselves. The other one has like this cyclops, and so basically you got to go through and beat the mummies quickly, and then go through and beat the cyclops. So what I did is I just used Saifa to use her flame, and got rid of these freaking like mummies like just hurling bandages at me and stuff like that pretty quickly like not even within 10 seconds i had both of them beat because of how quickly i was whittling down their hp then i switched off to trevor in order to take on the freaking like uh cyclops where it could be a little bit harder considering that the rng and the movement of the freaking cyclops is random 
And so sometimes he'll go through from back to forth. Sometimes he'll only do like a split second or something, like for the freaking troll or whatever the hell. It's so dumb because you can't really predict sometimes his running patterns when he's going to do this or when he's going to do that and stuff. But uh, going through the final portions of the game, I decided to keep with a sub-weapon of the axe for Trevor. And that ended up being the best sub-weapon I could possibly use for the end game. Because here you have, like, uh, the axe sub-weapon on top of the different types of collectible... I Like, collectible little pieces that allow you to use multiple sub-weapons, like, in a row, pretty much. Like, uh... <clears throat> so basically what I can do is, when I'm facing off against an enemy or against a boss or something, I have the element of, like, doing, like, three quick attacks, like, uh, in a row, you know? And that's basically what I used to face off against the final three bosses of the game, where I actually locked the Grim Reaper. <laughs> I actually locked the Grim Reaper with some of my uh, axes and stuff as Trevor, which was incredibly funny because it's like, here I'm starting the uh, battle with death and stuff, and then I hit him with a couple of the axes and stuff. I whittled down his health very quickly, got him down, beat his first form, his second form pops up with this huge gigantic skull, right? That basically just kind of covers almost the entire boss battle field, the stage and stuff. It lights up. But what's funny about it, I took down his second form like within like 15 seconds because I had the axe and I just locked him on and stuff and I just took him out like that. It was mostly hilarious when the second to final boss, which is basically a clone of yourself, and I went through and I actually locked him without in place without him actually trying to attack or move at anything. <laughs> <laughs> and so just basically beating him like that. And then the final the final battle with Dracula as Trevor going and getting through his first form easily. His second form was incredibly easy with the axe up weapon because I basically can go through and whittle down his life points in the span of like maybe five to seven seconds. And then once he goes into his final form, which is gigantic like bird-like creature which i've explained before and then you have basically what this final form you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get on these little platforms that rotate around him right and try to hit this specific like portion like the top of his head like almost pixel perfectly right so instead of doing that instead of doing the hard way i decided to do the easy way and have that axe up weapon and just toss up and hit him in the head like repeatedly and so that ended up finishing up the, that third form in less than a couple minutes so, with everything all said and done, the completion of Castlevania 3 involved with me four separate playthroughs. One with Trevor by himself, one with uh, Alucard, one with uh, Grant and Nasty, the pirate, and one with the magician, vampire killer here, Saifa Belnades. I basically spent around, I kid you not, maybe about 10 to 12 hours playing this game. And that's easily the longest I've spent on one single Castlevania game in this entire anniversary collection. So I've went through all eight games in a row. I've completed every single one of them. And i got to admit, man, it's like, this is definitely one of the best bang for your bucks on, like, currently releasing the digital storefront for either the PSN or the Xbox, like, uh, live marketplace. You have eight fantastic games. It's definitely worth it to pick it up, especially if you have like a modern interest in playing the old school Castlevania games. Like, say, if you're done with the other collection set, like I was with Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, up a platinum for that. You can go through and try out these games, which are harder and a lot more rewarding when you spend time of it. 
So, yeah. I'm not too sure what I'm going to be playing now, but uh, I know I'm going to be picking up something pretty soon. But, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Nice, man. Um, but I think that's going to wrap up our show for this week. Um, we'll be back in a few days with uh, a bunch of... We'll be back with quite a bit in the next few days. Or in a few days with all of our uh, um, E3 talks. So, I uh, look forward to that. I know we all are. Um, but, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to hear, um, yeah, can't talk. If you want to hear more from us, um, check us out on Facebook. We have a page and group, uh, Drunk Dash Podcast. Uh, like and join us on there. On, on Twitter, at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there. YouTube, Drunk Dash Nerds. Uh, subscribe. Give us a big thumbs up. Give us a comment on all of our shows. Really appreciate if you did so. iTunes, five stars. Um, please, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast on there. Subscribe. Um, leave us a comment, please. And uh, twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables. Uh, mm-hmm. Follow them on there, please. Um, and oh, Spotify, Junk uh, Tester Podcast. Follow us on there as well. And if you know the review system, if there is one, do that too. Um, like, you know, share, tell your friends. We really appreciate if you did so. Um, but once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I was host, I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So until next time, everyone, I hope you have yourself a good rest of your week. Please stay tuned with us because we're going to be having some bits of E3 coverage around the next week. And most importantly of all else, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, hey, Gables? Yes. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.